Hello, happy to meet cute listeners. This is a very special little moment for Fallon and I, where we get to announce something super exciting. Um, Hi, Fallon. (laughs) Hi. This is so exciting. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, We are both grinning like fools right now because Fallon's sophomore novel, Just My Type, releases on February 7th, and we are doing a very special launch event together. So before I tell you those details, um, let me read you a quick little pitch for the book, which is absolutely incredible. To win the job of her dreams, a relationship-prone journalist needs to learn how to stay single in this heartwarming and hilarious new romantic comedy from the beloved author of Lease on Love. And if you want to read more, go ahead and look up Just My Type. It is seriously a joy of a rom-com, and I cannot wait to just uh, scream all about it at Fallon's launch event, which we will be having at Meet Cute Bookshop in San Diego on February. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited. And um, that will be on Saturday, February 11th at 7.30 p.m., We will be live in person chatting and um, Fallon has a very special surprise for you. (laughs) I do. I know we have talked on the podcast before about the gray sweatpants cookies. They are happening. It is a thing. I have all my supplies, including the penises. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Penis candies. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, we can't wait to see you there and have some. Fallon sign all of your books. And thank you so much for being a part of our podcast family. All right. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Um, Yeah. Okay. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. Uh, This is Fallon Ballard, and I am here with my fantastic co-host, Courtney Kay. I need to start making a list of like adjectives I want to use to describe you. Like in my mind, I want to be in that bridesmaid scene where she's just like, you smell like pine trees and you taste of sunshine. (laughs) I was just thinking, Fallon, I need to start the intro one time so I can intro you with with lovely adjectives. (laughs) I love it. I have been slacking a little bit. I need to come up with some better ones for you. I need to get a little more creative. (laughs) Well, how are you doing today, my friend? magnanimous um ooh, for ooh, I feel okay. like that's a good word I, I actually don't know exactly what that means but it sounds okay. great it sounds like very it. regal <laughs> I'm good oh my I like it it's hard for writers to come up with words on the spot <laughs> yeah yes and books <laughs> book recommendations that's another yes. one 
Yeah, anytime somebody is like, what have you been reading lately? And I'm like, I don't know. I have read no books ever. (laughs) Books, books. (laughs) Or like what your book is about. I don't care if I've said it a hundred times. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Wait, what is my book about? (laughs) Yes, I feel that deep in my soul. (laughs) I know, right? How have you been now that we're like, wow, a little over halfway through January? Yeah, it's flying by. I feel like every time I say that, I am just getting older. Like, (laughs) I just feel like an old person every time I'm like, time is flying by. But it really is. I know. Yeah, I feel like it was just not that long ago that it was like, yay, happy new year. And now we're like, oh, it's almost February. (laughs) We're wizened souls now. Two weeks in. <laughs> Wisened, exhausted already. You know. <laughs> same old, same old. Um, well, I know you are still enjoying your break from being on deadline, which just sounds amazing. So what have you been consuming in your blissful time of freedom? Oh, my gosh. I – excuse me. Okay, so – I was just thinking this morning how I feel so tired, like not ready yet to jump into a new project because I really am excited about pitches and brainstorming ideas is my favorite part. But I just, no matter what I do, like my brain and my body just aren't ready yet. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. So I started hustling on in the event, um, at the beginning of 2020. So it's been three years of like pitch wars, um, debut, and then book two. I'm like, wow, no wonder I need a break, you know? Yes. And I think we all get to that point. So I actually started listening to a new podcast. um, And now that I um, am about to say it, I forget the name. (laughs) as it goes (laughs) the author burnout cure by oh my god sterling and um and yeah and i writing that down (laughs) oh my gosh she whoa sorry my earbud fell out (laughs) i need to put my beanie back on to hold it in place For our listeners, I wear a beanie because my earbuds fall out all the time and I look absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. No, it's Um, amazing. (laughs) I was going to say, okay, this podcast, Isabel was a guest on Of the Publishing Persuasion, which I listen to religiously and love, with Angela Montoya and Melanie Schubert, who are lovely. And her episode just had me in tears, just like the validation, the like comfort, it really felt like going to writer therapy. (laughs) So um, I started listening to her podcast. And I had in my mind, like, oh, gosh, is this about like writing hacks, how to write faster, which I just can't even, it makes me tired even just thinking about that. But it's about like, dismantling burnout culture, and literally healing writers and like 
helping them find the joy of story that even brought us here in the first place, you know? And so she has like 52 episodes and I've probably listened to 12 already. (laughs) Just like, I just, I'm soaking it up. And, um, honestly, it's been healing me so much from just some really intense burnout, um, and changing my mental outlook, um, of everything, which is so helpful and needed. But yeah, so that, and then, Okay, the glass onion and like the cozy mysteries we were talking about. Yes. I can't get enough of it lately. So we watched Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, which is an old one. It's, mm-hmm. I want to say like five years back, but it's on Netflix and we watched it and then finally busted out the Clue board game. <laughs> nice. Have you seen the newest version? I, I think Clue? this is the one we have. Wait. Okay. Wait, maybe not. What's the newest version like? Well, basically, everyone, all of the characters are like everyone's queer awakening. Like, oh, they're, they're all. Yeah. yeah, that's so the one we have. <laughs> that's for sure the one we have. I'm like, this dude looks like Matthew Perry. <laughs> like, the chef? Wait. I, the chef? You might not. Yeah. Oh There's shit. like a shot. Wait, whoever's the um the white character, like the color white. Oh, wait. <laughs> hold, hold on. You did, oh yeah, you're not, you haven't been on Twitter oh, that much. Shit. It was going around Twitter <clears throat> over like the past week or so. And I was like, excuse me. Oh my god, <laughs> the chef. Oh, <laughs> Mrs. White. <laughs> oh, hi. Includes the ghost of Mrs. White. Is that the one? Ooh. Oh, I don't Wait, know. no. Okay. Oh, no, that's different. different this is different. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. We have to talk through this because <laughs> it's very important. I'm going to need to find this version and text it to Courtney. Mr. Green so that- in the version that I have, which is like definitely a newer version um yeah he looks 100 percent like matthew perry which just cracks me up every time yeah like a young matthew be... perry wait okay no yeah. i do not have a chef okay wait, maybe i'm totally see. delusional and this is a thing that i made up in my head no you're not um, but like i have a thing for professor plum mm-hmm. well uh, they're all <laughs> in this new version oh my god like so so attractive it's ridiculous um okay so no it's not the one with the ghost oh okay here hold on i'm gonna text you this (laughs) and you're gonna die I hope the listeners are like screaming right now I know I like people know sorry (laughs) if y'all know wait a freaking minute I found it. You found it? Okay, I just sent it to you. Woo! <laughs> that is not okay. Oh, wow. Oh, the chef. Courtney, every single person on this game board is so hot. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm drooling. Even the dead dude is hot. What the fuck? 
like but I am very into the green guy. I'm very into the purple guy. I, like, oh, okay. Yes, this is not the version I have, and I'm going to have to rectify this immediately. Yes. Um, the chef is 100% very queer, and I'm very into them. Um, let's see. Oh my god, this is unnecessary, but also very necessary. Okay. Right. Clue fans can't stop thirsting over new character. Yeah, no shit. I mean, you did that intentionally. Like, let's be real. Clue, yeah. you knew what you were doing. Right. <laughs> this is for all of us who played this game when we were young, and now we're older and tired. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, need some- <laughs> we need some quenching. Like, please. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. So good. I don't care that I already have this game. I'm going to buy a second one. <laughs> no, you absolutely should. And I just had a brilliant idea. Um, I think when we all go to Steamy Lit Con in August, <gasps> we need to have like a clue party. <gasps> oh my God. That would be so fun. Hold on. I'm frozen for a second. In excitement. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That would be. Okay. We're doing it. We're making that happen. Oh my God. I'm writing it down. I don't know what that <laughs> entails, but I'm 100% here for it. I mean, it could go so many directions. We could just all hang out and play Clue. We could have like a dress up murder <gasps> mystery party. Oh my God. I've never done any of these things and I am into it. Yes. Here for it. Here for all of it. Making it happen. Taking notes. All right. Let me oh know what, what details you want. you need help with. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I love it. What have you been consuming, my friend? Okay. So I have already watched two entire seasons, and that's all there are so far, and there better be more coming, of The Sex Lives of College Girls. Oh, yeah. It is on HBO, and it is fucking brilliant. And I... I think I started it honestly just because I was like, I need something to like fill like a half an hour. And it was like a short little show. And I just like did not stop watching. I just like watched all of them over the course of like two or three days. And um, I was a little like, okay, going into it, I'm like, I'm closer to the age of these girls' parents (laughs) than I am (laughs) to the college girls. They're all college. uh, I think they call them, what do they... I think they call them fresh them. They don't say freshmen anymore. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, like, I love yes. that. I love it. I love and it. so, you know, they're all 18, just like dummies. And I just love them all to pieces. And it's just such an interesting thing watching it as an adult. A, because it's still hilarious and I'm like mm-hmm. laughing my ass off. But I'm also just like watching them make these mistakes and being like, no, don't do that. Stop <laughs> it. You're going to ruin your life. Please stop. <laughs> like, my old person self is just trying to be like, no, your life will be so much better if you don't do that stupid, stupid thing. <laughs> but they're just like so relatable and real and I just love them all. They're so good. It's so funny. So funny. And each episode is like 25 to 30 minutes. So you just like sit down, blow through them, 
so good. The writing is so good. Uh, I just love them all to pieces. I want to just give them all a big hug and be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yes. That is so They're relatable so to me personally. <laughs> Your reaction to that show. <laughs> I have watched. It does make me feel a little old, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> We're embracing it. Um, yeah. We're just like mama bears at this point. <laughs> yes. And I love that for yes. us. Her mama bear era. Um, yeah. My husband actually loves that show. And I, when I was on deadline, he I'm pretty sure he watched the whole thing. And so I caught bits and pieces. Um, it's written by, and I, oh, I feel so bad. I know I'm going to mess up her last name. It's Mindy Kaling, right? Kaling? How yeah. Do you say it? Yeah, she um, at least was like the cre- I think the creator or one of the creators. She's definitely um, an EP. And then I think she does a lot of writing, at least in the first season she did. I didn't pay as much attention to the yeah, second she, season writers. She's but. just brilliant. I love um, also what she uh, – Never Have I Ever. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. Oh, it's on my list. I, yeah. I need to catch up on it, but I definitely binged like the full first season. <laughs> She's incredible, the shows that she does. So I can imagine the sex life of college girls is right up there. So good. I'm hoping (laughs) that they're filming season three right now because I need it immediately. I hope they are too. I I can't imagine they're not. I feel like it's been a smash hit. Yeah. So hopefully. All right. We spent a lot of time talking about game characters. (laughs) (laughs) probably wrap this up um we have the most amazing guest today like i can't even i am fangirling so hard Mm -hmm. because she's just so incredible um and i cannot wait to talk to her we're gonna talk um about writing with a full-time job we're gonna talk about finding uh time and space for other creative hobbies when you're a writer which is practically impossible um and we're going to hear all about her new book. And I just am so excited. I know. <laughs> Should we say her name? <laughs> yeah. Do it. You can do it. <laughs> Kate Claymore! <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So we yeah. will be right back with the legendary Kate Claiborne right after this. Yay. <laughs> Hello, happy to meet cute listeners and welcome back. I cannot even tell you how excited I am to introduce our guests today. Uh, Courtney and I have had several text exchanges over the past couple of weeks (laughs) like, oh my god, is this our life right now? Is this happening? This is happening. It's happening. Uh, So to say we are excited is like, the understatement of the year. Um, So please allow me to introduce our guest. Kate Claiborne is the critically acclaimed author of seven novels. Her work has been featured in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Oprah Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, Book Page, and more. By day, she works in education, and by night, and sometimes by very early morning, feel that, she writes contemporary (laughs) romances about smart, strong, modern heroines who face the world alongside true friends and complicated families. 
She is also the creator of one of my favorite words, swoonch, which should be added to the dictionary (laughs) immediately. Everyone, please welcome our legendary guest, Kate Claiborne. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored. (laughs) That was such a nice introduction. We are so, so, so happy to have you here. And I'm not lying about those text exchanges. (laughs) I am equally happy to be here with both of you. I'm really excited. I'm I'm so grateful you had me on. Oh, thank you. Um, So do you want to start by telling us a little bit about Georgie all along and its brilliance? Yeah, well, I'm I'm really um, excited. So Georgie All Along is coming out on January 24th, and this is a really special book to me. It's a sort of small town um, homecoming romance. So uh, a young woman who has recently left her job in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, and she comes back to her hometown where she sort of had a reputation as kind of a flake, kind of a a never-do-well. And she comes back and decides she sort of wants to start over in a way. Uh, So it's like a very familiar trope um, that I I sort of set out to play with and to subvert a little bit, which is kind of what I try to do in all my books in a way. Um, And along the way, she meets uh, a seemingly grumpy hero who turns out to be a big softy Mm -hmm. uh, and his big soft dog too. And I hope it's just, I hope it's just comforting and romantic. Um, I'm I'm really excited for people to read it. Well, success. It is very comforting and very (laughs) romantic. And I know I already wrote you. Um, screaming about Levi and Hank. So <laughs> I'm absolutely so obsessed. And I my my heart was torn because I love Alex Averin, like beyond. And I'm like, how mm-hmm. do I I can love Levi too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's room. I think I told you there's room for them yes. all, right? There is. But yes, Levi is the hero and Hank is the dog. So um and I, I am excited for everybody to meet them. Me too. And Georgie is so relatable. I, I love hope her. So I hope so. She, um, you know, she was a different sort of heroine for me to write. Um, I have always, I think, gravitated toward writing heroines that have a strong sense of self and and have a strong sense of what their goals are. And I really, really wanted to write a heroine who was floundering a bit. I Mm -hmm. felt like, especially over the last two and a half, three years, lots of us have struggled with sort of that feeling of being adrift or not being sure what's next. And I wanted to explore that with the character of Georgie. I love that. Fallon, we were at a lunch recently where we were talking about – You know, in school, they prepare you for what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And you're not prepared for things change. And Mm -hmm. I love that about Georgie when she's going home and sort of like she had her career, right? This big, giant career. And now things have changed. And she's in this state of having to figure out what to do next. And I think a lot of us are afraid of that transition, but in Georgie's 
case, especially it can be so freeing and like a chance yeah. to really discover how you've grown and who you are now. I, I just, yeah. I, I love the story so much. And I think it's so um, powerful for where we are now and where a lot of people are in life. Yeah. I mean, it was important for me to think about, um, like, as you said, we are often asked to make big decisions about our future at a pretty young age. Yeah. Um, or we're often sort of slotted into certain identities at a pretty young age, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you seem good at math. These are the these are the career paths that are probably yes. available to you or that are that would suit you best. Um, and we hear so many things, so many of those things and make so many of our decisions before we're really before we know ourselves or before we've seen much of the world. And I think that's why so many people, you know, feel adrift at a certain point in their lives. They feel like, hey, how did mm -hmm. I get how did I even get here? Right. Um, and was this the right path? So I wanted to think a little bit about that with Georgie. Yeah. And how life is flexible and beautiful. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times we feel like, oh, you have this moment of like growth, maybe in your 20s. That's probably when a lot of us have it. And then you're kind of like done and everything will just be like smooth sailing from right. there on out. Yeah. And that's not usually how it works out, um, you know, and so you can have those changes and those career changes or those life changes. You can move somewhere new or you can move yes. back home or you can try a totally different career field at any age. And, and, you know, that's okay. And yeah. sometimes that's what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, the, the genre of romance, right? Like the, the fundamental thing about the genre is the happily ever after. Um, and that feels, you know, it's so funny, like in the genre, that is the thing that has to be fixed. Um, mm. By the time you get to the end of the book, you've got to know that happily ever after is set. Um, and that's like a thing I love about the genre. That's why I come back to romance over and over again. But one thing I really loved playing with a bit was like having that happily ever after with with sort of flexibility baked in to the formula, right? That like yes. both of the people who have committed to each other have committed to being together forever also know that like flexibility is going to be a part of their lives together. That it sort of, it sort of has to be in order for them to be happy. Yeah. And that I feel like is a key in any like long-term yeah. relationship in real life for sure. You're going to have to go with the flow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because people are complicated, you know, um, and have lots of facets to them. And so, yeah, it was it was neat to kind of write myself to that kind of ending, I guess. Yeah. So I, I hope it'll that. I hope it'll feel good to people. It will. I mean, your books always do. But I think this one really in particular, it just stood out to me, I think, for all those reasons that Courtney was saying. And also Levi is just my absolute favorite kind of hero where he's just mm -hmm. like so gruff and grumpy on the outside, but just like the softest, softest cinnamon roll on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> it just, he, he's perfection. I love it. You can't get any better than that kind of hero in my mind. Yeah. That's my favorite. I, that's my favorite type to write uh, and, and my favorite type to read too. Yeah. So peeling back those, love layers. those hidden depths. That's my, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And what I loved yeah, too so. was Levi seems like such a 
misunderstood character in the beginning, right? As far as how people see him. And I love how you sort of mirrored that in his dog. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Hank is such, he's a bully breed, right? Hank mm-hmm. and it, that can often be a misunderstood breed. And he's like this big softy. I'm like, it's Levi and Levi and yes. Hank and Hank is Levi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. They, so good. Hank and Levi are soulmates of a different sort. They really understand <laughs> each other. And, um, you know, I, I have a dog and my dog has been by my side for every book I have ever written. Um, oh. and was, was also such a, an important part of my life during the hardest time of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really funny, like often I have shied away from writing dogs in my books because I, in my life, dogs require like a lot of logistical effort, right? Like oh, you can't yes. be, you know, like you can't be gone for, for your house for very long because you got to go home and let the dog out or like, And whenever I've been writing, I've always thought, like, I don't want to have to mess with those kinds of logistics, right? Like, my characters are on the move. They've got things (laughs) to do, right? Like, uh, (laughs) when I sat down to write Georgie, I was like, I am going to write, like, a a tribute to what sort of, like, our pets do for us (laughs) in our lives. And and so became Hank. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yes. he's, He's a favorite character, for sure. Yes. Success. Absolutely. Oh, so like in this journey of Georgie, um, sort of coming to terms with a new career and new way of life. I love that that kind of leads into our topic of writing with a full-time job. I think that's something a lot of us as writers face, especially in the beginning of our career. You know, I think (laughs) It's obviously not advisable to get a book deal and then quit your day job, <laughs> right? Yeah. If it's your primary not, source of income, do that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're left to balance what is quite often feels like three jobs <laughs> because writing, mm-hmm. as we know, is many jobs in one. Yeah. Um, and I, I am excited to get into this I, wherever you want to start. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. I think it's like um, something that I certainly haven't heard writers talk a lot about, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly in the romance genre. I haven't heard um, many writers talk about it um, as as sort of like a central topic. And even though I would say most of the romance writers I know work um, Mm -hmm. in some form or another. Um, And when I first started uh writing I remember that a real struggle for me was that whenever I would get whenever I would hear writing advice um and I was hungry for advice I was hungry for advice about like not necessarily um I mean even though I was interested in craft advice I was really interested in like time management advice right I was really interested in hearing people talk about you know um, how they arrange their writing time and things like that. And one thing I noticed early on was that a lot of the advice I would hear would be like hugely without context. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I mean by that is like, you know, I would hear somebody say, you know, I block off 
two hours every morning just for drafting. And then I have this amount of time in the afternoon for promo or whatever. Um, and, you know, it would be like interesting or appealing advice. But in reality, I would be thinking to myself, well, um, like, do you have to do you go to work? Like, do you have mm-hmm. a regular paycheck? Is there someone in your home that has a regular paycheck? How, where is your, where's your health insurance come from? <laughs> do you have, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, do you have housekeeping services or whatever? Like I wanted to know about how people's lives were arranged that were letting them write every single day, which was at the time, and remains a total impossibility for me. Like I am not able to write every day. Um, And my job, my, my job outside of the home takes up a massive amount of time. Um, So, you know, like I've often been sort of hungry just to hear people acknowledge it, right. That, that, that kind of writing career does exist. I don't know what it's like for you guys. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, I mean, I do still have a full-time job, but I work for myself. So I have obviously a lot of flexibility there. But before I was doing that, I was uh, a teacher. I taught junior high and high school. And I was so mentally exhausted at the end of my teaching days that for the eight years that I was teaching, I didn't write anything. Mm -hmm. And so I am always like so amazed and impressed by people who can actually get books completed, let alone amazing, wonderful, perfect books. Because when I was in that place, I couldn't even, you know, put pen to paper. Um, And it wasn't until I did start working for myself that I had that sort of like mental capacity to be creative again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it even still with the flexibility of my job where I work from home and I, you know, make my own hours and all of that, it still is a struggle because I still am, you know, essentially working two full-time jobs and trying to manage all of that is, is tough. Um, So for the people that have the full-time jobs that are outside of the home without that sort of flexibility, I can't even imagine it, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Truly. I think I didn't really know the scope of everything that was involved um, until last year, until debut year. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's nonstop. And I think, especially with being online and having a social media presence, it takes up a lot of time and it, it is like a valid part of our job. Or a Mm -hmm. substantial, I don't know, just a part that we have to give time to, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of my day job, on top of life and parenting, and I think I just constantly feel like I'm failing at something or constantly feel like one area is not where it should be. And so there's always this constant sense of guilt or shame about Mm -hmm. a certain area. Um, And I, I don't know. I mean, screw the patriarchy. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that does come from like a culture of, um, you know, it just stems from that uh, society of burnout. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to be it all. You have to do it all. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, um, it's, it's interesting because like, 
being creative, right? Like having the, I mean, this, this sort of connected to your point found, but like having the energy to like generate stories and characters, um, you know, that's for me, like that is inconsistent with a lot Mm -hmm. of the parts of authoring that are like, to your point, Courtney, like social media related or promotional or something like that. Like those are, when I'm doing a lot of promotion, that's, that is a difficult time for me to be creative. Um, True. And so, you know, you're always, um, yeah, you all are always juggling. And what's funny is that like your writing schedule may not always be, may not always neatly correspond with whatever things you have going on at your day job or whatever promotional things you have going on. Right. And so it's really challenging. I mean, I think I would hope that anybody listening or who, who writes now or who is thinking about writing, like I would want them to know that there are a lot of us who, um, write and do other things. And that means sometimes our writing life is like a total mess. Like if, you know, mm-hmm. when I talk to other writers and they're like, you know, and I, I sit down and write every day or I'm going to knock out a chapter today. I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to be, I'm, I'll be over here like in my garbage can, <laughs> like trying to get two sentences down before the night's over. Like it just doesn't happen for me that way. And that's okay. Right. Like it's, it, writing looks yeah. different for different people. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the things you see in those sort of like writing advice things is like you, the best writing advice is you have to find what works for you because everybody's lives looks different. Everybody's responsibilities outside of writing look different. And so you just have to find what works for you. And if that is writing every day, awesome. If that's squeezing in two sentences when you have five minutes, like, you know, that works too. And really, as long as you're you're taking care of yourself and and feeling good about your writing like that that should be the focus rather than yeah. all of this sort of prescribed notions of it. Yeah. And I mean to be clear, just to be honest, like I also just want everyone to know I do not always feel good about my writing. Like sometimes <laughs> I write those two sentences and I'm like you need to quit. You're terrible. <laughs> um so, you know, <laughs> that's a reality too. <laughs> We all feel that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually comforting to know that you feel that sometimes oh, because yeah. when I read your books, I'm like, I should just stop writing because no. I'm never going to write anything. Good no, no. I feel like that every single day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think it's like a really, um, it's a complicated topic. Like people, people um, in the industry have day jobs for a wide variety of reasons. Sometimes it's out of necessity. Sometimes it's because they, you know, like I have a day job that I'm very committed to that I, that I love and means a lot to me. Um, but there's, there's lots of reasons to keep working when you're, uh, when you're also pursuing sort of a creative or artistic endeavor. And yeah, I'd love to hear, uh, artists talk more about that and what it's like for them. Yeah. And I think we don't have to go too far into this because I know it's a, a touchy sh- subject, but I think so much of that too just stems from some of the financial uncertainties that come with being a published author. And I think 
the outside world sort of looks at you as like, oh, well, you've published multiple books. You must be rich. And you're just like, "Uh, uh, 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 yeah, sure. (laughs) And also, you know, health insurance is fantastic and a thing that we all need in life. Um, You know, but that there's like not a lot of transparency about that. And so I think, you know, if you're not in it, you sometimes have that misconception about it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I mean, if you uh, live in a country like the three of us do that does not provide, you know, like your tax dollars does not provide subsidized health care, then like health care is always a uh, in the forefront of your mind, right? Like as you're thinking yeah. about your work. Um, and I think that is why a lot of people keep, uh, you know, day jobs, you know, as we as we commonly say. Um so yeah, it's like I think it's important to talk about that stuff when we talk about writing life. Um writing isn't just like sitting down opening your laptop and like amazing things happen. It's like <laughs> all these other contexts of your life that make creativity possible, right? Like if you can afford to have someone come and clean your house once a week, like mm-hmm. that that makes certain things about your life easier, right? You can you have a little bit more time back in your week. Um, so talking about those practicalities, I think is really important for writers to do and to be upfront about. Something I do too, is I look at my calendar and I try to look at, okay, where is it out of balance? Like have, have I overcommitted? Is that why I'm feeling stressed? Like what is mm-hmm. something that is not completely necessary that I can just take off my plate? I don't know, sort of looking at, what I really need to do and then what I feel like I should do and make, you know, differentiating between the two is helpful to me sometimes. That's really hard in a debut year as well. And I know you're just like, you're, you've recently gone through that experience, but you know, you really want to say yes to everything. Yeah. Um, Because like, you know, truly like every invitation you get is an honor. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, this is my seventh book and every invitation is an honor to me. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe somebody would want me to show up to their party. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it is challenging to like actually be able to look at the schedule in front of you and say, yeah. Oh no, I, you know, like I'm too overwhelmed or I, I can't handle that this week or this day or whatever. I think that's a very challenging thing about the job. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Everything feels so important. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's really easy for, I mean, it's so weird to say, but it's easy for the writing to get lost. Yes. Um, Or it's like the thing you tell yourself, I can, I can squeeze that in at X, Y, or Z time. But of course it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm you need recovery time or you need thinking time or whatever, or at least I do. Um, I do too. Yeah. I'm not a fast drafter. I'm a really, I'm a really slow drafter. So yeah. (laughs) I'm laughing because I was saying you're in good company. I'm such a slow drafter. And then I remember Fallon's like whipping out drafts in like a month. (laughs) (laughs) Does fast drafting work for you? Does that work for you? It does because I, um, I tend to, when I'm like really into something, like I have to get it out on the page. Like I just, I have to get it and it's not good. (laughs) 
you yeah. know, at that stage. And it needs a lot of work in the, uh, in the post-production phase. But yeah, for me, drafting is what I like the most. It's mm-hmm. my favorite part of the process. And when I am really like feeling a story, like I, I can whip it out pretty fast. Yeah. What about you, Courtney? What's your favorite part? I'm a really lean drafter. So I'll do like a 40K first draft um, and then I layer up from there. Oh, nice. um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part is just being done with drafting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just knowing that, okay, it is actually going to come together. I can sort of let out a held breath. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's What's neat. your favorite part, yeah. Kate? Uh, I don't have I don't have favorite part. <laughs> I mean... I I joke about this, um, but I also like to be transparent about it. Like I am not, like I'm not having a great time <laughs> at any point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like writing is challenging for me, um, and I'm not a. Um, I have not had uh, real success at like fast drafting. Um, I did a bit of it when I was writing Georgie to kind of explore her as a character, but um, I find it really challenging to move forward when I know something needs fixing. Mm. Um, So my writing process is like very recursive. Like I am always going back. I spend a huge amount of time just rereading what, what I've already written and like doing these little subtle tweaks. Um, And so uh I often will hear people like describe the writing process in these like really rapturous terms. Um, and mine is not like that. It's like, I'm, I'm struggling until it's done. <laughs> and then like Courtney, as you said, like my favorite part is when I am done with it. That feels okay. great. Yes. <laughs> What's that quote? I don't remember who said it, but it was I hate um... writing. I love having written. Yes. <laughs> Dorothy Parker. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that resonates in my soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, that. even like sometimes you'll have a day where like you get done and you look back over what you wrote for the day and you think that's good, right? Like that's going to stay, and that feels good. But mm-hmm. that is also that's you know that's when you've walked away from it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, oh maybe God. someday I'll get to the point where I'm like having a delicious time the whole, the whole way through. <laughs> oh, keep it That's posted. the goal. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if that changes. <laughs> so when you need a break, um, I love our next topic too, which is making time for other creative hobbies. Do you find things that fill you up? What kind of things? Yeah, yeah you know, um, My mom is an artist. Um, She has always, like, my whole life, my mom has done some kind of art, right? Like, not professionally, but just, like, something that she's interested in on the side. Um, And I feel like I have taken her, that, a little bit of that spirit with me. And I often like to try new craft things or something like that. Like during the pandemic, I started doing embroidery. I've done knitting. Um, I, I love doing stuff like that, learning something like that. Um, so I do a bit of that. Um, and 
you know, I think it would be, it wouldn't be right for me not to mention that I also read a lot. Like when I'm mm-hmm. not, I, I'm never sick of reading romance novels. <laughs> so um, to me, that's, that is like, you know, another non-negotiable part of my life. I almost always end the day reading something from a romance novel. Yeah. I just feel like um, I constantly am trying to read all the books because there are so many good ones. And I just am like, I am never going to have time to read all of them. I want to so bad. Yes. Yeah. There's, that's a beautiful thing about the genre. Yes. True. Do you have a preferred form of book? Audio, ebook, paperback? Um, no, I mean, I cycle through all three. I would say um, often in the mornings, like when I'm getting ready for work um, or I'm walking the dog or something like that, I often am listening to an audiobook. Um, and at night, I read, um, I read on my Kindle every night, um, mostly because the Kindle was like a real godsend for me during a period of insomnia um Mm. because like you can you can still stay in bed and and turn it on and not disturb anybody you know so um yeah my my kindle is like very special to me and often if i am like if i'm sort of full up if i'm like if i have a lot going on and i can't take on reading anything new it might just be that like 10 minutes before bed, I read like a favorite scene from a romance novel. Um, I, I don't know that. if you guys do that, if you're like comfort rereaders, but I often do that if I'm, if I'm really exhausted. Oh, I yeah. love that. I actually, I comfort reread when I sort of like hit that point where I'm like on the verge of burnout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I need something that I know is just going to like soothe me. Yes. Yeah. I listened like during, during the most kind of isolated times of the pandemic, I did a lot of jigsaw puzzles and I would often listen to audiobooks while I was doing puzzles. And like, yeah. I listened to every Mary Jane Wells audiobook that I could find um, because I found her voice so comforting. I don't know if you guys know her, but um, she's an audiobook narrator who's done a lot of historical romances and I was just like, let me just hear her voice while I'm doing some puzzles. This really soothes me. Oh, I love <laughs> so. that. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Puzzles are another good one. Sometimes I feel like you need something to, like, keep your hands busy. Yeah, You know, just, like, there's something about that sort of tactile crafting or puzzles or whatever that just really can help calm the brain a little bit. Yeah, I'm not – I'm not um, – I – I often like to be doing, like, even if I'm sitting watching TV, I often like to be doing something like embroidery or um, something that keeps my hands a little occupied. That is more relaxing for me than just, um, you know, like sitting and watching. Um, so I I love things that let me do that. Me too. I'm the same way. Yeah. I do the coloring books a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. With audiobooks. Yeah. yeah. Although do you sometimes- do like... Oh, go ahead. Do you do them on your iPad or do you have like the paper? I have the paper. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes yeah. I get stressed out because, you know, when I get out of the line, I get very frustrated. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. And I have to say, I've seen you post before 
um, maybe Instagram or Twitter, but things your mom has made you. Um, oh yeah, like the little yeah. miniatures, little miniatures. Yeah. Right when you said that, I was I remembered those images, and when I saw them, this probably was gosh, I don't know, a year ago, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But oh my god, they're so cute! <laughs> they're adorable. Yeah. Are they yeah. little? Are they shelf inserts? Or are she they? She made me a shelf. Yeah, there's one that's like a shelf insert. She made me one that's like a little bit bigger, like a little miniature bookstore that she kind of <laughs> adapted so, so that it would have like my little books. It's so cute. Um, <laughs> but she, you know, like she's really amazing in that. I feel like this is something I've learned from her in that, um, you know, like for a while she was doing those miniatures and she like loved doing them, made a ton of them, made them for friends, kind of like, you know, gave them to people, made those people happy. And then she's like, you know, I think I want to try like painting some things. Right. And then she would like start a new, like a new thing. And she, she does that for a while and gets great at it. And then is like, now I want to try this. And I really, I really admire that about her. It's almost like it gives me a bit of permission to be like, mm. okay, like I've done embroidery for a while and like, I don't have to do that forever. Right. Like if I want to try a new kind of hobby, I can do that. Right. Um, and I think I, I think I've learned that from her. It's something I really admire about her. She just like, will do something for the sake of, of creating something. And I think that's awesome. Like, I think that, is a real revolutionary mindset in a way to say like, I want to do this because I want to create something. I want to make something beautiful. I want to make something someone would enjoy. And that's it. I um, love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think the mindset a lot nowadays is like, I'm going to create this thing so that I can sell it on Etsy or go viral yeah. on whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like to create something just because you want to is like kind of yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 I think it's really neat. Yeah. I kind of love how that can to have learned that. I love that so much. And I love how that can be applied to writing too. Like when we take on a new project, kind of looking at things that make us excited or make us happier. Hey, I want to create something new and kind of taking risks. I think creativity is inherently a bit risky and pushes us to grow a little bit each time. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I think when I first started writing romance, I had like one thing in my mind that I kept coming back to, which is just like, if I could write something that made even one person feel the way romance made me feel when I mm-hmm. first found it. Um, you know, I found romance at like a sort of a difficult time in my life and it really like lifted me up in a lot of ways. And I just thought if I could do that, like that would feel so amazing. And whenever I feel overwhelmed about the work, about like the work of writing, I try to just remember that. I try to just tell myself, remember that you're, you're just trying to create a feeling, right? Like you're Mm. just trying to make people feel a certain way. And that, that usually like gets me out of my own head, like gets me back to sort of what matters about about what we do. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. That was like it's true. So perfectly said. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say anything else. Great. Let's end it there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
we have to talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh yeah. I got I got to out Courtney's shameful secret last week about never watching Drag Race. So Courtney, do you want to out my shameful secret? Wow, today? I've never no. watched Drag Race either. I don't have cable. <laughs> never, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is for you. All right. (laughs) Well, my shameful secret, please don't revoke my Romance Landia Uh membership card, is I do not listen to Taylor Swift. (laughs) I think that's really okay. I don't think anybody should be upset about that. I think that's fine. Sometimes I I feel very left out because there's so many references that I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But, uh, it's it's really not a personal thing towards Taylor. It's that I would literally only listen to Broadway cast recordings and <gasps> podcasts. That's all I Incredible. listen to. <laughs> Incredible. So. Oh What's your favorite? Oh gosh, I have way too many. Okay, right now I'm two. on an. Right now I'm listening to and Juliet because I saw it in London uh, a couple months ago and it was fantastic and I loved it. And um, I've been listening to Moulin Rouge a lot because I'm obsessed with Aaron Tveit and I'm going to be in New York in February and he's going back to the oh, show. Wow. And so I'm like, do I see it again? Have I already seen it multiple times? Yes. But like, should I see it again? I feel like I sort well, of Well, yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot your shot. That Yeah, that's yeah. the time. That's the moment. <laughs> so yes, but I, I can see the appeal of Taylor, especially as writers, because I do think her, her writing and her mm. lyricism is very a standout for sure. Yeah, I think that's for me, I think that's probably what um like first uh drew me to her music is that she is she is very there's a playfulness uh mm. that she has with language that I admire. Like I feel like Taylor Swift could have come up with the word swoon. Like she could have, <laughs> definitely. Um, because I think she's just like interested in words and how to mm-hmm. um you know like explore their meanings and how they can be sort of transformed um and i think also she writes with like a very strong sense of imagery which like as writers i think you know we appreciate um so i i think that even though you know um Romance authors, like a lot of romance authors often talk about liking her work um, or, or thinking that her, like her, a specific song is a good inspiration for a book that they're writing or whatever. I think also like underlying it, there is an, there is like this um, unspoken admiration for some of the things that she does with language that are similar to what we are always attempting to do with language, which is to be very evocative of certain feelings. And she's, she's good at that. Um, so I know that's, that is a reason why I sort of admire her writing and, and like her music. So well said. Courtney, you, are you a, are you a Swifty, Courtney? <laughs> I was telling Fala, I was like, we, we had a, a little chat prior and I was, you know, reassuring her. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I'm not a Swifty, but I really appreciate Taylor Swift. Like I listen to all her music and I have since I was 
um, since she first started coming out. And so it's almost nostalgic to me to listen to oh, her. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. And just to see how, as an artist, you can evolve as you grow. And like yeah. kind of hearkening back to our opening conversation of just this idea to be able to play. I like how you said a lot of her language is playful. I feel the same way about her. Um, I just think she's extremely talented. And I like um, also how you said her imagery. Like the one that keeps coming to mind is the monster on the hill from Antihero. Yeah, and yeah. everybody's a sexy baby. I'm like, I w- that makes, I see it so clearly in my mind. But then the image that also evokes this feeling that is yeah. highly relatable. Yeah. And I think as storytellers, we're always attempting to do that. And yeah, it, songs almost do it in such a condensed way. Uh, so I really love analyzing lyrics. Um, it's it's very different than analyzing a broader text. And so I think yeah. with Taylor Swift, it's so fun to hear what she yeah. comes up with next. So I very much look forward to her new music and how it's always evolving and changing from the sound yeah. to the lyrics to um, ones that she chooses. I mean, she is a great storyteller. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. I think um I think, you know, I was, I was saying to you guys a little bit before we pressed record, like I consider myself a fan, but maybe I'm not like a, a stan um, or whatever the, <laughs> we get it. Or the right word is. Um, like, you know, one of the things that like, I know a lot of Taylor Swift fans love to do is like, look for these like Easter eggs in her lyrics or things like that. And I would say that is like, consistently the most uninteresting thing to me about like you know people are like is this song about so and so and I'm like I don't know let's talk about the way she uses the word <laughs> mirror ball in this you know like um you know like my interest is like very t- very text-based in her lyrics I, I find it really fascinating and so it's going to be really interesting because I got tickets to a show. No, you didn't. Um, wow. Yeah. So the unicorn tickets. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like, listen, I have not gone to a concert for a really long time and I'm just going to, I'm going to be there in all the humanity of Taylor fans. And it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. <laughs> I kind of, good people watching. Yes. And, and I love the Swifties commitment. Like, I just really, that's going to be a really great experience. <laughs> yeah. When I, I remember, like, I posted, when I got tickets, I posted on Instagram that I had gotten tickets. And then, like, you know how Instagram just, like, is constantly suggesting things to you, whether you, <laughs> you know, it's like, suggested posts, suggested posts. And I had all these suggested posts from people who were, like, planning the outfit they were going to wear on the tour. <laughs> like, which Taylor era am I going to go to the concert? Oh. I love as and I was like, oh my god, Kate, like you better get on the stick. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta go to this concert and be cool. <laughs> so I'm gonna try. Keep an eye on my Instagram for how I get cool in advance of the Taylor Swift concert. I'm so excited. Well, I feel like you really could just pick your favorite outfit and be like, this is blank era, like whatever era. Yeah. You <laughs> this is my interpretation of the. <laughs> Yeah. I'm excited. So we'll for see. You. <laughs> oh my gosh. We will see. We will see. <laughs> well, Kate, this has been an absolute joy. And I 
just love everything that we talked about today. And I really hope that there are some people listening that really get some validation and find some comfort and knowing that we are all, you know, going through a lot of these struggles together. So thank you for being so open and honest. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a blast. It was great. Yay. Can you really quickly tell our listeners where they can find you online so they can make sure to get Georgie all along? Yes, you can find me. Obviously, I'm always on my website, kateclayborn.com. And I the social media place where I am most regularly now is Instagram, which is kateclayborn.author. Although I miss you all over there on Twitter. It's just... It's not the same. It's just really falling <laughs> apart quite rapidly. So. <laughs> We're all feeling that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> also, give a shout out to your book tour that you just announced. Was it today? Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I'm going to be a lot of places talking about Georgie coming up. Um, I have a release day event on January 27th in DC, and I'll have lots of other virtual events. So hopefully, people can who I can't see in person will join me online somewhere in the next couple weeks. That's awesome, and I think it, the dates run through like early March. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, it'll be, we'll be sort of out and about talking about Georgie for a while. Yay. Yeah. I'm going to be sick of myself. No, <laughs> we can't. Yeah. Get enough. Or you. Yeah. You're just lovely. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Kate. Oh, thank you guys so much. All right, friends. Thank you. And we are happy to meet cute next time. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore K, K-A-E, on all social media platforms. And you can find me, Fallon Ballard, at Fallon Ballard, everywhere you imbibe your social media. If you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode, you can find links in the show notes. And a special shout out to Zachary Kibbe and Matt Ballard for our amazing theme song. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time.